0: Right. then all they have to do is swap it for another morality right i'm just i'm being moral it's just that's what i was thinking about today you just everybody just wants to be a good person right and so whatever they they tell you whatever yeah whatever anyone tells you a good person is you're like oh well that's what a good person does i'll do that good person thing and
1: well it was funny a few years ago not funny but it was interesting a few years ago when the purity movement came under attack or where it's like these are Christian people who grew up under the whole, I just, I kissed dating goodbye book. Yeah. Jo- Josh, whatever his name was, Harris. And,
0: uh, who and, doesn't and believe that.
1: He, anymore. Right. He, he or renounced God. that. Yeah. He said he was wrong in all of that. And so,
0: so the, right book. away,
1: you've got all these people <laughs> coming up behind him going, that's right. I was so abused. And I, I, I had such a terrible, because I grew up thinking that, you know, that I was dirty because I had sex outside of marriage. And that was just, and and so, The whole the whole house of cards fell down because it it turns out that it wasn't placed on on eternal truth of God's word. It was just some guy's opinion that, hey, maybe you should date in groups now rather than and and maybe you should try to maintain chastity. You know why? Well, because it because that seems like a cool thing to do. It wasn't. and, And even if he did couch it, you know, in Christianity or rooted in the scripture, he renounced it all. He's not a Christian anymore. Right. And so, right. and so you've got this whole generations of people who who are like, well, yeah, well, why are we doing this then? Yeah. They, they, good they, they Well, they never caught on. Apparently, that this wasn't it wasn't Josh that was saying this. He He was. Right. This was. You know, these are God's principles, and they are timeless. And Christians are not good at saying. No, this is an eternal truth. This is right. something that is going to be true forever. Christians go, well, you know, culture changes, and we've got to we've got to adapt. Yeah. And they, they say that with the you know, with scripture, you know, the, oh, number yeah, of, yeah. the number of Christians who have said to me, Well, you know, women's being silent in church, that was a cultural thing. Is are you sure? Are you <laughs> sure? And mm-hmm. if that was if that was a cultural thing, then what else in the Bible is cultural? I mean, and who knows you, are you the one that goes and gets to tell me which things are eternal and which things are, which things are just, cultural? yeah, what can we
0: keep and what can we throw away?
1: Yeah. Man. And you know, the whole, the whole women being silent in church thing, I don't, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's, uh, a, it's a principle, it's a, there, there's a principle and, and the, it's the same principle that you say to, um, you say to a woman you know, God says that you're not supposed to talk in church. The, the uh, condition of that woman's heart can be read in how she responds to that. Because if she, if if she says, well, if that's what God says, and that's what I'm going to do, then that's a woman that you can probably allow to actually say some stuff in church because she's, (laughs) because, because she's okay with not saying something in church. You understand?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, oh, no, that? for sure. Yeah, that's the yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Amanda said something on another podcast where she was like, yeah, the the things that you're saying make us want you to be quiet in church <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> about that. So, yeah, the, the the types of people who want to speak in church. Yeah, those are the not, ones who are supposed be to be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but the people but the people who feel like, oh, man, I, I would rather not say, but I feel like I have to because I think this is true and I want to put it out there. Those are the people who need to speak. The people who are reluctant to speak in church are the people who probably should
0: speak so, in church. Yeah, pick out time. all your introverts. and. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it depends on why you're reluctant. But if, so, if, yeah. you're, if you're reluctant because you don't want to be, you be slow to speak, yeah. if, you, if you've got a biblical oh, truth yeah. and you're just afraid that it's going to upset people, well, now you're not, now you're sitting when you keep your mouth shut. And so yep. it's it's complicated. We were talking about, Uh, Philemon two weeks ago. And uh, Philemon is a book that, up until just a couple of weeks ago, I thought was about a master getting his slave back. I thought that's what Philemon was about. But I don't think that anymore. I think Philemon is a little picture about how the church is supposed to operate when it comes to learning how to submit to each other as we submit to christ i don't think slavery has anything at all to do with the book of philemon
0: i think Um. part i could be wrong i thought part of it he's he's actually trying to say like convince him to free him or something you know like the the, because he was like something about taking him back anyway but um Mm -hmm. yeah it's not about well he says
1: he sends him back uh because uh, he sends him back to Philemon because Onesimus became a Christian through Paul's influence or whatever it doesn't give us a lot of details on that but Paul says I'd like to keep him here with me but I don't think that that is correct that would be that would be wrong for me to keep him here even though I he would be useful to me so I'm sending him back to you and and counting on you to treat him like a brother now because yeah. he's not a slave anymore he's a brother and so You've got Paul submitting to Christ when he says, I'm not going to keep him because that would be wrong to Philemon. But he's also been appealing to Philemon and saying, you also have to submit to Christ and to me because I'm your, you know, I'm your, the person yeah. who is your teacher. And then, and in so doing, then Philemon is actually going to submit to Onesimus because he's going to treat him like a brother now instead of a slave. And so you've got everybody is submitting to everybody else. And they're all falling under submission of Christ. Yep. And, and that is how, um, that's how ultimately a family is supposed to work too. Yeah.
0: It's the love of Christ that compels us or propels Mm -hmm. us, but it's the, it's what motivates us. So like, man, that is such a, it, it is not sustainable. What's funny was, uh, when you talked about the people bucking back against the purity movement, I'm like, surely we shouldn't not be pure, right? <laughs> like, right. I get that maybe the tactics were off, but surely we shouldn't shouldn't go the other way. No, <laughs> there should be less than pure. <laughs> they're actually
1: hostile <laughs> the impurity movement. Yeah,
0: <laughs> surely you're not saying that's wrong, right? Well, Being it, pure, it, but see, I was. That's
1: the thing; they're not even capable of having that conversation, though, because if you they they they've been so
0: just drop damaged. the thing yeah this thing that that's that was I once thought was good and now I don't think it's good so I'm just going to drop it we're not right. going to examine it we're going to ask any questions that's what's funny is the people who right. complain the loudest that they're not allowed to ask questions in church don't ask enough questions <laughs> of their own because to, to it's like okay the purity movement probably maybe there had some flaws to it well what were the flaws I don't care we're just we're right. done. We're done with right. it I'm like wait a second but <laughs> so you're just going to do whatever gives you the tingles
1: right now? well that's a great point the great the people who invariably the people who say i was not allowed to ask questions are are people who always ask really loaded stupid questions
0: <laughs> yeah you're not you know? seeking truth. yeah you're not so this is the reason truth. I
1: quit going to church and it's like well i can understand why because I, and i'll bet they were happy to see you go because because every question that you ask is this loaded um you know one-sided question that's barely coherent um and then when you went go and ask them a question back even just asking for clarification enrages them and that is a sign of of the times we do not know how to think we don't know how to debate we don't know how to argue our point of view um if i if, if, if I'm right, and I say I'm right, and I say that makes, that makes you wrong, immediately, everybody oh, in the yeah. culture goes, well, you're the you bad guy, that. because you Even think you're right. Like. Yeah. And, yeah. And so if you've got a whole generations of people who think that it is immoral to declare that they're right, um, there, there's no way that you go on from here. You don't continue. Civilization does not continue to advance when the people in that civilization are no longer capable of thinking thoughts and entertaining thoughts that are different from what they already believe. And, uh, and when, when they're not capable of saying, well, this other guy has a point and his point might be better than mine. If you, if I can't do that, if I can't listen to you, tell me something and go, mm, your idea is better than my idea. Uh, I, I stop. Well, here. I don't grow anymore past that point. Nope.
0: Well, that's, I don't think people, Most, at least the people that we know, most of the people that, that we're walking around and bumping shoulders with, I'm not sure that most of the people like to think, I think maybe the most majority of our culture likes to belly up to the buffet of information and just like grab the things, put chocolate pudding with the coleslaw and whatever my appetite is, I'll throw it on my tray and that's my tray for now. And if I if I find out that I don't like this thing anymore, then that's okay because I've grown. And I'll just slap right. the fried chicken onto the chocolate pudding. And right. then so, because uh, poor man. And it's-
1: That must be the, a Southern thing.
0: Buffets or just chocolate no. pudding?
1: Chocolate pudding and chicken. I
0: don't know. Man, I can't go in a buffet and not eat fried chicken. They could have filet mignon like on a grill. And I'm like, oh, fried chicken. <laughs> that is it, and then I'll, and then no matter how full, how full I am, or if I've just eaten my soft serve, you know, ice cream cone, I'm like, I'm gonna get another piece of chicken. I'm gonna get another piece of chicken, <laughs> fried chicken. But uh, it's good to know what yeah, you like. That's because when we when we get together and we start talking about, you know, uh, how are people going to find the truth? And I'm like, I don't know if people want to so much anymore. It's just like no, this is the good great. thing, and I'll and one. I'll just. I'll just move that off the tray when it doesn't help me anymore. If I'm not hungry for that anymore, and then I'll put something else on that tray. Um, but that's, that's why that's why memes are even a thing is because people are like, Oh, this right here, that little image with the text on it, that says, that says what I'm,
1: and that's what I'm going to think about that's a complete thought. It's a complete, that's a complete worldview right there. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to question this. I don't need to bring in other information. I'm just going to take this meme. It's true there, period. The end. Move yep. on to the next
0: meme. And it's something I'm trying to teach my kid, and I'm still, pr- my kids, and I'm still praying for it. I'm going to call it a homeschool revolution. But like all these kids, all these families that are um, staying home with their kids, and yeah, they're having like six or seven kids, and they're teaching them, you know, classical stuff and um, you know, education. Classical education. Uh, yeah. Then at some point, let's see, Jesse's going to be 16 this year. So maybe another 10 years, are we saying? Maybe 10, 15 years. Some of these kids are going to grow up and hopefully. Oh, man, it won't be that long. not going. You don't think so? That'd be awesome. Anyway. Are you talking one thing about
1: I'm, the other kids? You're talking about the other kids catching up uh, with Jesse?
0: No, I'm saying all of these homeschool kids that are still in school right now that are mm. kind of uh, because of COVID, even, I think made a couple, a lot of parents go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna give this a shot and see if I can't educate my kids. And so uh, they started doing that. Maybe in another ten years, or maybe even fifteen years, we're gonna hopefully. I'm seeing. I'm calling a renaissance, homeschool renaissance, and all these kids will be into the culture and influence it. But what I'm teaching them, sorry, I got on, got on a tangent. What I'm teaching them is to do do something hard. Like you know, your goal in life is not to find something that you're good at your goal, as far as like, you know, your vocation or whatever is your goal is to find something you like so much that you want to work at it. and You don't mind stinking at it for a while. And so that's a thing we, because finding truth is hard. And so we must do difficult things like read a book that doesn't have any pictures and it'll take you maybe a month to get through it. And even if uh, maybe if you have to read an older book and they don't speak the same way that we speak now, and you might have to pull a dictionary off the shelf you know, and, and look up a word and increase your vocabulary. Those are, that's hard. And it's not, it's slow going too. And you kind of sludge along. I don't know if anybody's want to do that anymore. They just want a mic drop and they want to, and that's on the Christian side too, is they just give me a platitude and I can throw it at people. And I'm not going to think my way through this. And that's what happens is the Christians will, a lot of Christians will say a thing. And then if they're challenged on it, and like you said, they haven't thought enough about it, nor are they educated enough about it, which we're supposed to educate ourselves. And then uh, they just it just falls flat, like you said, uh, right. it's a house of cards. When you're like, we're supposed to do this, and then somebody goes, why? And they go, it's right. it's mor- the morals. They just you know, train right. morals, I guess. It's a good thing. So yeah, that's what that's all that happened is we pro- we preached morals for so long that somebody else came and said, well, this is moral too. Right. went against our morals and then we can't people are just going it's just a or b uh what does that show uh let's make a deal it's just door one two or three just right pick a door and they're and all the same Just random
1: yeah yeah well you th- that's right if you we we talk christianity this was your point earlier we taught christianity is as, as morality this is the way you should behave and christian people behave morally that was the message that we learned in sunday school and and that's not incorrect but it's not the full it's not the whole thing half
0: the gospel
1: yeah God, it's christianity if christianity is just, is just a set of rules that i want to follow well yeah i'm i'm not interested in that i, I don't i don't care about i don't care about behaving the way the, right a bunch of church people tell me i'm supposed to behave that's there's, there's no reason to do that. church, from
0: a kid's perspective, is so weird, too. <clears throat> if you're like, I got to wear my most uncomfortable clothes. I have to sit completely still. I cannot right. talk, and I have to listen to someone else talk for longer than I've ever sat in a class.
1: About stuff um, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and weird things like bears killing people and um, ch- fires yeah. of chariots of fire coming out of heaven. And yeah. So it's it's a weird thing. So like if you Actually, have the Z, bears
1: killing people was kind of a that was a cool sermon. For bo-
0: like yeah. church for boys is a different story than church yeah. for girls I guess. Cuz we like Samson, we like David. Uh, Samson's a pitiful figure too. <laughs> we were it was such oh, a man. cool story and but it's the it's the most he's the most pathetic figure in uh, in the Bible.
1: He he truly is and you all of that is lost on children in Sunday school. You know the whole There's like
0: strong. He's our Hercules. He's, he's the Hercules. Hercules. He's, he's
1: strong and he knocks. He does he all can the kill good things with a jawbone, and this is all. But you never hear about. You never hear about all of the. You never hear about how dumb he was. I mean, he's <laughs> a big dumb brute. Yeah. And uh, you know, and the whole Samson and Delilah thing—that is a messed up story. The the two, both of them, it's a messed up relationship, and you—you, you, all of that is lost on the flannel graph in Sunday school.
0: That could have been, that's what I, I was asked by. You're talking about the purity. I was asked by a, a, a youth pastor. I was doing an actual u- interview for his youth group, which I forgot how that was set up, but we did it over zoom. And uh, he just said, you know, can you tell us something about purity? And I was like, you know, I heard somebody describe it as an undivided heart. It's there's nothing else in it. And so when your heart is completely dedicated to Christ, then it is not divided to anything, and so that's what I think maybe the purity movement should have been about: is the idolatry of sexuality. Right,
1: I would so, agree because that's that.
0: our number one problem for Christ- for uh, humans is idolatry. We God made us to operate a certain way to live and grow and thrive a certain way, and we uh, are we are trend we the way we act now because of sin is we we s- are going to self destruct. Right. We're self-destructing, and your whole and you may find, uh, you may find a job or a house or a location or another person that helps you make it through. But you're slowly self-destructing, even if it is silent, even if it doesn't end in an explosion.
1: They're slowing the degradation, but yeah, they're, but they're
0: not stopping. That, oh my gosh, that was something I I thought about today because I was. I was read, I'll do this just for for kicks, but I was reading Athanasius, and uh, he was a he was a, a, a theologian around the year three hundred. He, he was around those ages, and so but uh, he used the word corruption a lot, which it didn't click with me until I was thinking about this, is because uh, corruption isn't like when we think about it, it's uh, somebody who takes bribes. Or somebody who you know does like deals on the sly, or like they kind of break the rules, but corruption yeah, for him, criminals. yeah, yeah c- corruption for Athanasius and for Paul even when he said, "Put off corruption is uh, like rotting flesh." And so I don't know if if Carl, I don't know Carl, you drive around the country road, but uh, this time of year uh, here out in the country where I live, uh, there's a lot of rotting flesh. This is like roadkill every fe- every five feet, and the f- the fun thing is right around February it's skunk season. The skunks apparently come out and like yeah. to get married, as I tell the kids. So they get married, but they just like to run out in the street, and so every once in a while you see a skunk. But uh, nobody cleans it up; it just they let nature clean it up, and that's right. corruption. Corruption. And so Jesus has come to take your corruption and make and give you His incorruptibility. So what was what was dead? We and I think maybe even dead is a is a weak word now. If you think about it, um, yeah. maybe we should just use that you're you're a rotting corpse. Yeah. And God God wants to not only bring you back to life, but restore all of that. And yeah. so, I mean, that's <clears throat> that has nothing to do with your behavior or uh, you know, let's do this thing or this is the morality you follow. Although. And I, yeah, I'm getting there because <laughs> uh what uh what that does do though is because of the that corruption now and now that you're incorrupted, you're um like is that Paul that said you're raised to walk in newness of life. Right. So now you don't want to once you've once you've been uh the repulsion you feel if you've ever walked up on a on a rotting deer or a squirrel or something, that's what you should feel about sin. Yeah. yeah. That was you. <laughs> you. That's what you feel that's the way you should feel about sin. and when you say a Christian person acts uh, acts morally and acts like uh, Jesus would, it's because of that it's because now you're that's your motivation is because uh, you're a new person <laughs> now obviously a new creation. Right. but without all that right. because that's the thing I hear that's the thing that cuts me when I hear a person who's deconstructed when they say I felt so free like of course you were free. Because all you were doing was trying to, you were trying to move right. when you're when you're a rotting corpse. You were trying to do the movements of a of a deer, but now, but you are rotting. You're, you're a rotting corpse right now, and you need new life. And so right. it's it's a struggle to move and do those things. And when uh, there's another CSO's quote, if you want it. Uh, <laughs> he said, we never know how bad we are until we try to do good. Right, it'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's, it's a prison that you locked yourself in and you, you think it was Christianity that was doing it to you, but it was because you were kicking against the pricks as, as Jesus said to Paul, right. God right. is trying to tell you, this is not working for you. So you gotta, you know, uh, I gotta do it for you. I gotta help you do this. So you never called on him. You never asked him for help, or you never um, trusted him to do that work. You just said, "You know what? This is this is not right. So I'm going to not do it anymore." <laughs> and you stopped asking questions. That was another big deal.
1: We had this conversation. We've had it many times, actually, in our uh, Bible study group. That there's there's a point where your faith reaches a maturity level. I don't know how else to describe it, but you reach a maturity level to where you just automatically start to behave the way you're supposed to behave. And stuff that was a struggle before just becomes almost a reflex now. And you have to be careful about who you say this in front <laughs> of because some people are going to interpret this as like as bragging. You know, it's like, well, you think you just really but, but it's not, it, it's, it's the difference. And you were talking about corruption. It's a, it's a little bit like a, like a dead deer, you know, coming back to life. And now he's not a rotting corpse anymore being proud of himself for having done that when Yeah, he didn't do any of it. And so any sort of goodness that is, that is apparent in my life is not coming from me because I'm just a rotting corpse without Christ. But all that to say that when I find a wallet, for example, it doesn't even go through my mind to see how much money's in there and take that money out before I return the wallet. It's not even, it's not even a thing that I'm capable of doing anymore because I'm I'm not corrupted anymore. And so these are the sort of things that for, for some people, it would be a real challenge, you know, to go, man, I could use that money. Um, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a struggle. And and if the spirit is uh, living in them, then that spirit is going to say, yeah, you know, it's not right. You're not supposed to take that money. It doesn't belong to you. You know, have a little faith. The spirit will tell them all of those things. And after a number of after an amount of time passes where the spirit tells you things and you yield to that spirit, and by golly, it changes who you are. Like you said, you you are not the same person. You just you don't make the same decisions, you don't have the same thoughts. And that's not to say that every once in a while you don't remember uh how corrupt you used to be, and you don't have an occasion. There's the enemy's always out there throwing stuff at you.
0: You'll be reminded if you really got your eyes open, because <laughs> you'll yeah. go, Oh no, I did something stupid.
1: Well, and you see it all around you, you see other people who are corrupt and you go "Mm, there, but for the grace of God, you know, go I, that that's the thing in my conversations with the atheists that I have on a weekly basis, when I'm done and I'm talking to God, it's like, I I ask him, I said, please don't ever let me lose my mind. I mean, please don't, I don't want to be like these people. So if there's, if it's part of your plan for me, I would like to make a request that I never, (laughs) I never be this stupid. And I I just it looks like a prison to me to, to, to explain the truth to these people and have them just flatly reject it. Um, it's like they're like they don't even understand it. That's what it is to be corrupt. That's what it is to be a rotting, stinking corpse who's incapable of doing anything other than just smelling up the place.
0: Yeah. And
1: if you I don't know where that point is where God says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to you so that you understand it. And then, and then you'll make a decision. I don't, I don't understand how all of that works my Uh, theology is my theology is that I think that we do make a choice. I think that people do have the capacity to either accept or reject. I don't know when that happens or what it looks like, but I think that there is a, um, I think there's just a point where you become a new creation. And then once once you become that new creature, you don't make the same decisions. You don't have the same thoughts in you, your your motivations. You, the, the things that uh, your priorities change, the things that are important to you get sorted around and shifted around and things that you never used to think about, all of a sudden they matter more. And yeah. then the stuff that you used to really worry about, it's like, yeah, I guess that's not a big deal anymore. All of that's God. He does all of that.
0: Oh man, perspective gives you a lot. Eternal perspective gives you even more than just looking at it from somebody else's point of view when you go, Oh wait, stuff's gonna things are gonna go on forever. Forever. And so some of the stuff isn't gonna yeah, isn't gonna matter. Even so a return,
1: returning that wallet is more important than stealing the money in it because the money will be gone soon. But returning the wallet is something that goes on forever and ever and ever.
0: Oh, I had a I had a question too. I just thought about this. Sorry, <laughs> it just popped on my head. But uh, because the Jesus Revolution movie is up front and in our you know in our in our view screen right now, I've been really yeah. curious because I grew up. First of all, I grew up south and the southeast and independent Baptist church so yeah. uh to talk about hippies and those sorts of things weren't wasn't going to come across wasn't going to be on my radar so in fact i think they may have denounced some of those people anyway but um but uh, that's what one thing that made me think about that because i the way the story actually goes and i haven't seen the movie yet and I'm going i haven't to, either but, but um is that chuck smith was he had a church there and the, uh, the hippies came to him and said, well, can we just do stuff here? Can we do a service here? So um, he was just kind of seeking God's, uh, he, he was just he being faithful. And he was seeking God's um, will and whatever it is that, and so he just, he didn't understand it. He didn't understand the culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just people came in droves and there was a great, there was a, there was a revival I know you guys talked about revival yeah. recently but but there was a revival but it, it, the gospel was opened up for people that like you said though at one point were like no we're not this, we're rejecting this in fact right. I think somebody that wasn't the, the slogan back then don't trust anyone over 30 or something yeah it was like the, in the 60s they were kind of like don't trust anybody over 30 so they had young God saved young people to reach young people and right. that and where they were right so no
1: i haven't seen it I'll, i'll tell you what i'm what my concern is and then i'll see the movie at some point and and we'll know whether i'm right or not um i'm concerned that there is no ability in our current generation to look back at history like in the 70s for example to look back at that and put the events in that context I am I'm concerned that what's going to happen is we're going to watch this movie and we're going to go uh, in our minds yeah this just happened a couple of weeks ago um, and we're going to apply the things that we see in that movie to 2023 and that that is not the proper context back in the 70s and the 60s and before that there was a sort of legalistic there was a legalism in a lot of Christian yeah. churches. There was a lot of exclusion that was happening in Christian churches. There was a lot of um, stuffy Pharisaical. We're holier than these dirty hippies, and uh, they have no place with us. And that was every bit as much of a sin as it is to ordain a uh, transsexual now. And so, what what I th- am concerned is probably going to happen is that the that the jesus revolution movie will not be considered in its proper historical context and so people will go well we need a revolution you see what happened is that the hippies came in and told everybody it's all about love and that's when everything swept through it's like well yeah but now it's not 19 it's not well
0: they also didn't say it's all about love they'd say it all's about jesus who (laughs) so there was an authentic gospel right. telling at that but point but in 2023 but, it's all
1: about love and it's yes. 20, and, and the Jesus in 2023 love is god yeah is all about is is all love Jesus just accepts and I can show you I can show you the videos that are the uh, cartoons that the the naked pastors drawing online Oh, we were going to
0: go over a couple of those, yeah.
1: Yeah, well he is exactly the guy that you can look for, look to if you want to know what progressive Christianity is all about. And does he say he's, a, he's a, Christian,
0: a Christian or is he not?
1: No, he won't say anything. He won't say anything. He, he's the uh, most it's the most messed up convoluted it's what happens when you deconstruct when you yeah, when you are just a
0: nebulous cloud it's of
1: Just a cloud of nothing. You want to and just
0: float in this?
1: Yeah, he'll he'll quote You know, he he draws pictures of Jesus flipping over tables and Jesus carrying lambs that are rainbow colored and all that. So he still brings Jesus into his into his world. Right. But it's not the Jesus of the scripture. And that's what is I'm I think it's going to happen with this movie. I think that the that the Jesus of the scripture is going to be replaced by the Jesus in this film.
0: Are you read enough to know is there a term for because you made me think of this too because people do this all the time they'll take and allegorize they'll take any story and then allegorize it to fit their thing so like uh gosh trump is voldemort and and right. uh, we're the you know or the yeah and all his cabinet are the death eaters and we're the right. kids at hogwarts that kind of thing right. so like when you take uh like when you said Jesus the Jesus revolution so like um uh they cast i guess they're just casting parts for their own movie in their head maybe but it's right. like they allegorize it the the what they consider to be people who have been shunned from the church right. but are actually just people that have said no this is this is sin just like I sin so but but they're being ostracized because they're not uh because they're told that they're wrong so they're the hippies and so we're like these bad churches they wouldn't let the hippies in. And so we need to be, we just need to let them in kind right. of it's so there's, I wish there was a term. I bet you there is a term for it, but when they you're in your is. head, like you're, like you're saying though, this is a historical event and we're, and I'm, I'm with you. I think anytime something good happens, it even happened, I think to the Jesus, the Jesus movement was people try to synthesize a thing. This would be right. like on the edges and stuff. They're like, well, look what's, there's something good happened over there. Let's, let's get it going here. Let's do what they're doing. Let's let's manufacture
1: what they have.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is too, uh, I just had this, this thought today and I'm trying to, the problem is when I have a thought, it takes probably, (laughs) it takes a while to put words on it because I think in images and stuff, but, um, but, uh, when there's a revival, when there's a revival, uh, why are we worried about having another revival? Like, it's like, well, we, that's like you said, we need to, we're, we're talking about that. Let's have another revival. Let's just do this again. Instead of, uh, um, having a revival every day when you wake up, right. and Like Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which happens every day. And so, uh, which by the, by the way, those mercies are new every morning. They're waiting on you. By the way, if you had, if you have, if you think you've run out, so uh, that's the thing is, I think um, we're eating all the fruit of the thing, but we're not planting any more trees, and then we're wondering why there's a desert.
1: <coughs>
0: right. So right. I think I th- that's my friend uh, Andrew Irwin and John are one of the guys who did that Jesus Revolution movie, and they they're really they really want to see a movement of God. And I think they're right. Cause their burden is they want to tell stories through film and their burden is, I think the next that's going to happen through, or there will be, he, they believe that there was a movement of God going to happen in the movie industry. And I think they're, I think they're doing a good job and uh, they can't be responsible for what other people would do with no. this movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm like you, like the, they see something that happened, like you said, in the past and instead of drawing inspiration, saying, "You know what? I need to look around me," just like Chuck Smith did, I just need to look around and see who's there. They're going, "Let's go get the whoever the hippies are in our and let's bring them in." Instead of like, uh, instead of praying and and asking God to open your eyes and saying, "Who is around me right now?" or "Who are God? Who are you bringing in my in my circle in my reach that I can talk to them and just share your love and truth with them?"
1: You um, said something um that would that struck a chord with me when you were talking about people who um people are going to see the movie and they're gonna relate to this character or that character and I thought, you know the way that people read the scripture is um is is important from the standpoint of what you take away from scripture has everything to do with... <clears throat> Which characters you see yourself as in Scripture, like the story of the rich young ruler. You know, if you if you relay the story of the rich young ruler, and then ask a person, okay, who are you in this, um, you know, in this narrative? Are you somebody who's are are you watching this from outside, or do you see yourself as the rich young ruler? You know, because if if you see yourself as the people that Jesus is talking to you know when when he's um, when he's saying good things or when he's saying bad things if you see yourself as the person who is who you see yourself as in scripture is important right and, <laughs> and most people don't see themselves as the villain um ever oh yeah you know, that's right they, they see themselves as the people that Jesus was, talking about they see themselves as the poor as as the poverty stricken as the- or the
0: onlookers and they're like that rich guy over there he should because uh the right. narrative of the of the story the way it goes is like you know he went away disappointed that kind of thing and so you see a guy going away disappointed you're like well yeah he was disappointed he's yeah. rich like Man, rich what guy an idiot
1: <laughs> right right. Well, but that's but that's important yeah. because then yep. people go, see, this is why rich people are terrible. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, you, you are the person. you are that person and he was talking to. Well
0: him. substitute money for whatever, right. Whatever what is what is the thing that you wouldn't sell?
1: right? But that's if, if Jesus
0: was there asking you
1: if if you have the we they have a lot of people in our culture now who think that Jesus is on their side, and he is on our side from the standpoint. That he came down so that we get to go to heaven. I mean, you can't be any more on our side than that. But there are a lot of people who think that Jesus is on our side because we're awesome, because right. because he came down from heaven because he was so overwhelmed by our beauty and our awesomeness they that he wanted exist. to come down and just be with us. You yeah, know,
0: you just exist. You just bask in the glory that is you and. Right. Yeah, I've seen right. the I've seen the Bible used that way, especially when Jesus talks to the Pharisees, because then Pharisees are whoever you don't agree with, right? And you're like I, I.
1: Well, I, the, the atheists will say that the Pharisees were the religious people. So that's the say, part the religious where religious people. That's who Jesus had. The well,
0: everybody for. was <laughs> religious. How many atheists were walking around Jerusalem?
1: <laughs> well, that's. Uh, <laughs> What what they are? They're exempting themselves from that. Yeah. They're they're saying that we're not religious people, so Jesus doesn't have a problem with that. You don't think Jesus has a problem with somebody saying there is no God? I mean, <laughs> you're you're just out of your heads. But yeah. that's that's most people. Most people don't see themselves as the bad guys.
0: That's the yeah. That's what I was because that's the, the way I've seen scripture used. Because that there's got to be. I'm going to look for a term. Either that, if I can't find one, I'll coin it. But it's when you yeah you allegorize. And that's the other thing. How can we? I don't know how to teach people how to do that the right way. I guess that's a good rule of thumb is like, if if you're reading a story where Jesus is talking to somebody, put yourself in that guy's shoes, not Jesus or the disciple. If he's talking to the disciples, put yourself there and see what, you know, and the, because he's talking to you. But, Jesus, uh, scripture it,
1: is always, I always think it's a good idea to read scripture as if it's talking to you. I, I think you go, I think you don't go wrong if you just assume that it's always intended for you, not, <laughs> not intended for you to clip something out and send those, it to Juwan, you know, those Pharisees you need to pay attention to Juwan, yeah. but you read it so that with God, the idea that God is talking to you. And then if it's uncomfortable or then if it's encouraging or then if it's whatever, then that's genuine. But I think that you're, we, we have a tendency to cherry pick and you called it idolatry. And that's exactly right. We, we want, we always want to be the good guys. We always want to be the people who are being encouraged and being lifted up and discouragement and chastising and punishment is for those other people. Those other people are bad, but me God has got nothing <laughs> Not but me. good things to say to me and about me.
0: Did we do uh-huh. this on the podcast before? Cause I can't, it was very recently that I was reading the scripture where Paul's saying uh, that Christ leads us in triumphal procession uh, with him. And it wasn't until we were teaching homeschool and when I learned what a triumph is, uh, to us, it's just like, you know, that's just a victory. It was just, it's interchangeable with that word. But when a Roman general would go and conquer a people, uh, he would be in the front. There's a big parade they'd have. they throw roses at him. And you probably saw it on the movie Gladiator. But when a general would conquer somebody and he was victorious in battle, they'd have a parade for him and he'd be out front. And then, you know, the soldiers and stuff. And in the back were all the brand new slaves, the conquered peoples that he, Mm -hmm. that he's bringing back from the, um, from the, the people who, uh, that he conquered. So when Christ is leading us in triumphal procession, it's not because we are the victors it's because we were the conquered. (laughs) We're not the ones (laughs) we were the rebels that were fighting. Um, and that's the, I believe, right. and I can be wrong, about it, but I believe that's the image Paul wanted He said. Thank God, Jesus conquered us, and he's he's bringing us back home now um, to be his to be his slave. And Paul's used that word before, and I know that's not a popular term, but uh, what a master! Would, if you could pick your master, what you <laughs> would you rather have? The King of Kings.
1: Yeah, well, you're not even picking. I mean, you, no, no yeah, yeah. there's no choice. Right, but and I know you know that, but that's the thing that is lost on a lot of these deconstructionists and these pagans who are like, "Well, I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do what I want." It's like, no, you're not. I mean, <laughs> you think that's what you're doing, but you're not going to triumph um, over God when all, this is all done.
0: Yeah. So that's man. That does that does break my heart because it's you. They're being led around like mm-hmm. a bull like a bull of the ring in its nose and but just but it's just uh what a terrible that's when i thought i don't remember when i wrote this but when jesus said no man can serve two masters uh you have on the one hand christ who was uh love him and love you and gave himself for you that um you know he who knew no sin became sin for you and then on the other hand it's your desires and it's the uh the will of the world um, where there's no There's no end. So (laughs) I just figured this out. You have Christ who gave himself for you. And then you have the other master, whatever it is that you put on that, that throne that will never stop taking from you. So Christ gives you everything or uh, whatever your other master is going to keep taking uh, from you. It's just a bottomless pit. And every time you think you got it, uh, there's got to be a new thing. And that's why. Right. What breaks my heart is like because uh, transgender people, there's a lot of suicides. Yeah. In that, and so what happens is they think they get the thing, they think they achieve the the status that they want, and then it doesn't fulfill them. The same thing with like NFL players will do this. They'll win. Yeah. There's been people who've won Super Bowls. They achieve that point, and they're like, "Wait, this wasn't, this wasn't it. <laughs> I, I gave everything for this." And it wasn't it, and so they just end it, and and that's man. I just hope that's what I, that's what I pray is for when when we talk about revival. Um, I just want people to be regenerated and uh, and released sure. from that man. Sure,
1: sure, all people, right? Not just a not just a narrow demographic. <laughs> not just
0: a demographic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> that's what we started on. Whoa, you brought it around. <laughs> What's <laughs> that?